0: I may have come in here one way, but we are leaving healed and we're taking healing with us. Even if we're in perfect health, we are called to be ambassadors. He says these signs will follow those that believe. And so we're called to be ambassadors. So is it okay just to sit on the fact that you know that God's a healer? No, that's not okay. We need to grow in the things of God. We need to step out in those things. We need to study to show ourselves approved. In Acts chapter 17, it talked about the Bereans. And it said that the Bereans were more noble, right? Would anybody ever want to be noble, right? I remember as a kid, all the kids wanted to be noble, right? Right? That seems to be lost today that people are not really concerned about that. But this is a good thing. It says the Bereans were more noble than others because they would take what was preached and they wouldn't necessarily go read somebody else's book, but they would go and study the scriptures to see if that was true. They would constantly go back to the scriptures and find out, is that true? Is that really the case? Right. And it said that they were more noble than others. So here's one of the things about healing. Don't you want to be more noble? That means we need to get into the word and say, what is in there for me? And not only that, but what is in there for me to carry to others? Amen. Glory to God. Look, they're standing there. They're trying to get my attention. Would you please pass those out? Amen. <laughs> I was like, why is Johnny standing? Anyway, good job. Thank you, guys. Here's the handouts. So, even if we're in perfect health, we are ambassadors of God and we have a responsibility to raise our faith for healing for ourselves and for others. These signs shall follow those that believe. They'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So let's say that we go all the way through this series. Let's say that we get to healing uh, part 15, right? Which could happen. Uh, apparently the way we're going, right? Let's say that we get to healing part 15. Now, what would our flesh say about that? Huh? I've heard that 15 times. I'm, I'm tired of hearing about healing, right? That's what our flesh would say. But let's say that you were here for all 15 parts, and not only were you here, but you were engaged. you were engaged because this is the heart that we should have you were engaged on the edge of your seat in expectation right let's say that you were here for all 50 amen good stuff let's say you were here for all of them and you were engaged you were expectant and then even you went home and you were noble like a Berean, and you started searching the scriptures, and you got into it and everything. and then all of a sudden, two months from now, I start preaching on healing again. What's your flesh going to say? Not again. Man, your flesh, I mean, let's be honest, our flesh is going to go. really? But yet, Here's the thing, just because we heard it and just because we paid attention to it, we have to understand that we should never get bored with the things of God. And if we get bored with the things of God, that's not godliness. That's our flesh and us giving it more place than we should. If we get bored with his things. And so we want to make sure that we understand these things, that we give ourselves to the word. It's us who determines the tenderness of our heart and the fertileness of the soil of our heart. We determine that. Amen. Amen. So it's important. Now, today, uh, we finished last week talking about God is absolute love. He's absolute love. That's who he is. He is absolute love. Right? Now, here's the question. Do we really believe that? Uh, Let let me put it like this. Have we really believed that? We got good confessions. Yes, we believe that today. But have we believed that? Not so so great. Yeah, not, not so good. You know why? Because if we really believed that, I wouldn't be able to not to lose your attention on the when I'm talking about the word. If we really believe that, I'd be hearing you sing from outside. Come on. I would. Yep. If you if we really believed it. Why? Because you would understand that all this is already settled. It's already it's already healed. You would be so excited. The joy, the expectation, and the confidence would be overflowing in us. I wouldn't be able to stop you. All the stuff would fall off because you realize I'm going after my Savior who has every answer. I'm going after him who has every answer. And all of a sudden you would realize, you would say, man, I'm going to go in there today and I'm going to receive the life of God. If we really believe that he was absolute love. Now, do we read that he's absolute love? Absolutely. (laughs) We read it. So the question is not really, does he say it and does he talk about it? The question really is, do we believe it? Do we believe it? Because he talks about an absolute love. Can you imagine the father not giving something to you? How many people have felt like he hasn't given you something before? Let's be honest. But yet he says in Romans 8.32, If he would give you his son and not spare his son, how will he not freely with him give you all things, including healing? How will he not do that? Now see, we read that and we amen it, but then we get back down to life and we forget that moment. We forget that absolute truth and then we get into praise and worship and and, or anything else or prayer or even just listening to the word and we're not sitting there in expectation. Y'all can laugh, it's all right. We're not sitting there in expectation. Come on. We're thinking about man, it's gray outside. I sure would like to be sleeping. That's what it is. I just y'all lost an hour last night. That's what it is, I can tell. What in the world? One hour affects y'all that much? Come on now. All right. There's an expectation we need to walk in and excitement, no matter what. Listen, hey, hey, for me, guess what? And, you know, Nicole fed me Mountain Dew last night. It was her fault. It was her fault. I didn't fall asleep till like four (laughs) o'clock. It was good though, I have to say. But here's my thing. No matter what happens, we have to make sure that we press in to the things of the Lord. We have to bring in excitement and expectation. It's our job to do that. But here's the thing, when we, no matter what we hear with the word, we need to believe it. So when God says that he's absolute love, right? When he's absolute love, what would that look like? Think about this. Close your eyes for a second. If God is absolute love, what would that look like if we actually believed it? What would you look like? Would you be able to stop telling people about Jesus? Would the stuff of the world and all its cares choke out the fruit? Would things... Riches deceive us? Would anything, if we truly believe that, would anything be able to stop us from putting the kingdom and his righteousness first? Not a thing. Would we have a problem believing that God wants to heal us and heal us now? But see, all those things are true. And yet, so it, what it points to is it points to our belief. It points to what we actually believe. The Word gives us this idea. You can open your eyes. I don't want anybody to fall asleep. You did lose an hour last night. Uh, I'm thinking about you. But the, world, the Word points to this. He says, look, if y'all don't praise me, these rocks will cry out. Yeah. In other words, the Lord will find. He he is worthy of praise. So he will find somebody that will esteem him for who he is. Matter of fact, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. Looking for someone whose heart is pure and perfect towards him. That he might show himself strong on their behalf. We just need to decide as a body, once and for all, never have to revisit it. It's always a set absolute. It is a mindset. I want to be that person for God. I want to be him. Well, see, when we come to God and see his absolute love, then all of a sudden those things become easier. It's hard to stop you. It's hard to stop you. ...from the things of God. It'll be hard to stop you from praising Him. Oh, no rocks will do your job. No rocks will cry out and do your job. Nothing will separate you. Now, and then you look at it as a child. And we talked about we have to be as a child. And I briefly mentioned that, but if God truly is absolute... And one of the things that's so important is, you know let let's say that you thought I was a pretty good guy or that I had my stuff together, right? But I'm still a guy. I can still miss it a lot. Like thinking that drinking mountain Dew at eight o'clock was a good idea on the spring forward night. that was <laughs> That was not a good idea. But I can miss it in a lot of different areas. And so the things that I say, you need to do what the Bereans did. You need to go to the Bible. Go to the Word and check it out for yourself. You need, But you need to do it with the heart of a child. We talked about yesterday that with a heart of a child does this. It enters into the king's domain, the rule of the king here on earth. In other words, if you don't get yourself to the place of the faith of a child, you're not going to enter into the things that God talked about. So what does that look like? See, as a child though, but if the child came and they just listened to me wholeheartedly, well, they're liable to get stuff that I don't even know that I might have messed up which is why it's important to go back to the Bible. So we can't do that with men, but with absolute love, we can do that. We can accept absolute love. Because if he is God absolute love, yes, is he uh, so willing to give you every part of who he is? Yes. Is He going to lie to you? No. Is He always going to be about your best intentions? Yes. See, with, with a human being who still has a flesh and corruption that they're working on, uh, you shouldn't go to them and just accept everything as a child. But with God, we can. His love demands that we actually believe on Him like that. And when we get to that place, everything looks different. Now, I've, I've said this and used these examples many times, but they are worth repeating. You know, the Lord, when I first started talking to him about faith as a child, what he said to me was, he said, when you were five years old and your dad told you something, how true was it to you? It was It was gospel. I mean, as far as I was concerned, when I was five years old, when my dad said something to me, Jesus himself might as well have said it. And and the Lord brought this up as an example. Your dad, now knowing, of course, that Hitler was an evil man now, because I've learned that. If at five years old, my dad would have told me that he was a good man, I would have believed that. That stark contrast to the truth, right? It was so clear, and that's the example that the Lord uses. If your dad would have told you that, you would have believed it because as a child, he was a hero. He, He was representing God. He isn't, and he can miss it, as we all know. But he said, when you take that type of belief as a child and apply it to me... You'll never be disappointed. You will never be disappointed. And all of a sudden, when he taught me that, something happened in my heart. I just began, you you have to take the things that are preached by men. And you have to go back to the scripture and search it. And you have to see what they're talking about. I highly recommend. I recommend you do that on every message I preach. Every message. Don't just take my word for it. But when you know that I'm preaching something that is the character and nature of absolute love, that is the character and nature of of God, and it is the Scripture, then you can take that because I'm not the one who preached it. Especially when I'm just reading straight from Scripture. You can take that with, as a child because that is absolute love talking. And all of a sudden it opens you up to receive the things of God. And now I can enter into the king's domain. I can enter into the rule of the king. Don't you think that the kingdom of God, how would you be if you were walking around in heaven? You think you'd be alright? How do you think heaven is? You think you'd have any problems? It'd be awesome, right? It'd be awesome. And yet, this is what he said, to pray your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so, if you were walking around in heaven, all of a sudden, I think that our mindset would change. And we would be like, oh man. And even if we saw a problem coming, you know, all of a sudden we'd be like, that won't even get here that 's not even going to make it to my doorstep that 's not even come going to come near my dwelling Amen. you see that 's the way we would think, but here on earth we 've been conditioned to think as an adult, not as a child. See, I think if we were actually in heaven, then we would think like we were uh Citizens of heaven as a child does. Man, do you know the absolute goodness of God? No evil can befall me. This, this sickness is not even legal here. This thing's been done. We would think that way, but because we're on earth, we think like the world has conditioned us to think instead of thinking like a child again. The simplicity of, you're good, daddy. You would never let me be sick. Yeah. Come on. You would never. And see, because we've not been condition, conditioned to think like a child, we've been conditioned to think with the logic of a corrupted world. That's what we have accepted as normal. Yeah. Instead of going to this and accepting this as normal. And so then all of a sudden our, our thoughts change. Another example that he gave me as a child was this. He's, he says it's like a baby bird. One Years after I'd been ministering, I just saw a picture of a nest with a bunch of baby birds in it. And and if you've ever seen, you know, a documentary about the birds and you got these baby birds and I don't know how they do it. But their mouth like goes 180 degrees and like mama birds bringing, you know, the worm back to the nest or whatever. Right. And their mouth is so wide ah, and they're all like, ah, you know, and they make a bunch of noise. And um, anyway, can you imagine? Like, you know, eight of those in this little bitty nest with their mouth wide open. And mama bird standing there. Now listen, whatever she drops, it doesn't have a chance. (laughs) It doesn't have a chance. It's getting it, (laughs) right? It's getting ate up. Why? Because, look, those baby birds trust as a child that mama bird's not going to drop anything wrong. Now listen, if mama bird accidentally, you know, I thought it was a raisin, but it ended up being a rock. And mama bird brings back a rock. Rock's getting ached. Why? Because those baby birds are like a child with the faith of a child. They trust their mother. They trust their loving mother to drop the nourishment that they need. Now that bird can make mistakes, but listen, God can't. God can't. And when we get like that to every promise of God, and then we see scriptures that say, every promise in you is yes and amen. Amen in the word means so be it. So it's like when God tells us Himself, if I make a promise to you, I'm already telling you it is yes and so be it. Yes and so be it. This is how we enter into the things of God. As a child, we accept his absolute love. Now, this is important in what we're talking about today. Y'all remember Bartimaeus? Jesus is passing by, right? Blind Bartimaeus has been sitting there. Jesus is passing by. And what did Bartimaeus do? Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So much so that everybody around them's going, shh, be quiet. Shut up. (laughs) Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Everybody, shut up, man. Jeez. Can't take you nowhere. Then Jesus goes, Jesus, Jesus, son of David, bring him to me. They're like, and then everybody around them turns like they were on his side the whole time. Oh, he calls for you, <laughs> right? And they're like, oh, go, go ahead. Take cheer. He calls for you. He takes that jacket off. He throws it. The beggar's cloak, Boom. I'm not coming back for this. That was his identity. That marked him as a beggar. Uh, This is childlike faith. Oh, if Jesus is going to have me, this blindness is gone. See, he didn't just say Jesus from Nazareth. He said, Son of David, you are the Messiah. You are the chosen one. You're going to meet every need. You have come to save me. And what I need saving from right now is I need saving from this blindness. I'm dropping this jacket. I'm not a beggar no more. I'm done with that. My identity is on the floor. I'm never going back. Amen. Never going back. He walks up, and Jesus, he gets healed. What is that? That's childlike faith. You know, before that, that's childlike faith. You know, look, if Luke, Luke, or even Rachel, you know, <coughs> they want something, they just keep on, they just keep on. They just know daddy and mommy going to bring the goods, right? The other day, I mentioned, like, I just, like, I might have whispered it to Nicole, we might go get some ice cream. Right? I don't Rachel was probably 50 feet away. Somehow she heard ice cream. Right? And and then before I get like she's like, we had multiple things that happened over the next hour and like every 15 minutes, are we gonna be able to go get ice cream? Or ice cream, ice cream, ice cream, ice cream. That's the heart of a child, right? That's a child. And this is what Bartimaeus is doing. Jesus! See, he's not just calling out for Jesus saying, Oh, please won't you help me? He's saying, I know he'll help me. If he hears me, I know he will help me. Because I know he's to say, that's childlike faith says, I will not give up because I know who he is. I'm not just trying to get his attention and he's not just ignoring me. I know that if I get his attention and if I reach out with childlike faith and trust, I will be filled. I will be filled. This is what's missing from us many times. That we think that it's an option whether or not we will receive salvation or whether or not we will receive Healing. We think it's an option, but to God it's not an option. It's who He is. The woman that came up in the crowd and touched His cloak, look, she could have been killed for doing that. She was breaking the law, but she knew, if I just but touch His garment, I'll be healed. Because He is healing, that's who He is. But when we think, well, if I touch His cloak, maybe I'll heal, maybe I won't. That's not childlikeness, and that's why we don't get it. That's why. This verse I was going to read, this 1 Peter 2, 2 and 3 in the New Living. 1 Peter 2, 2 and 3. Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk, so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. Let's say that we erased from our thinking whether or not God would do it or not. And that the only condition was that our heart cry out in faith in childlike faith. Would that change our approach? If we erase whether or not God would do it or not and we just change, Lord, let me put on childlike faith and cry out. And if I can get to the place where with childlike faith, I'll cry out, I will receive the nourishment that I'm looking for. All of a sudden, we'll stop asking, will I, will I, and we won't be afraid. Like, if somebody calls for healing, we won't be like, well, is today my day or, you know, all the, all the questions that go through our mind. What we'll be like is like, yes, me, 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 because you know him as absolute love. And childlike faith says, yes, and then we'll walk up there and we'll receive that thing. Yeah. Now, the truth is, there's a whole lot of wiring And and thinking that the world is done and we've got to reverse some of that and rewrite some of that. We've got to renew our mind to the word of God. So you might hear this message and say yes and it may take you a little bit to rewire your mindset. And that's good. It took me a while too and I'm still working on it. I'm still going after that. But the thing is don't stop. Stop. Crave. If, if, if the character is not an issue with God, then what remains is is our heart craving like a child? Look, look at what it says. Like newborn babies, you must crave spiritual milk. What does a newborn baby do? Oh my goodness. God forbid, you're 30 seconds late with the bottle. You will know it, right? And there's a craving that goes on on a level that we put to the side and say, Oh, that's so childish. It's so childish. There's a craving that a baby puts on. And this is what God commands us. Crave the milk of the word. Crave the goodness of God and the love of God. Crave it! Just like that baby does. See, if we really believe the absolute nature of God's love, we won't be able to stop you. Nobody will. You'll be walking in such a hope, a joy, a confidence. Nobody will be able to break that confidence. No. God is so good, He's so good. And childlike faith will make us crave it. And look at what it says you'll have. Crave the spiritual milk. Pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Not just go to heaven. You will receive the full experience. You'll receive the heaven on earth. The touch of God where all of a sudden you are provided for. You are healed. You are protected. You are restored. You are delivered. That That's what you will receive. But look at this. The condition right here is not whether or not God will do it. The condition is, are we craving? Are we craving it? That's the issue. Are we craving it? And let me let me add to that as a child. Because you're not going to get into the full experience until you drop the pride of everything you've been taught in this world. And like a newborn baby, just cry out to God. Lord, I need you. I want you. I may think that I've had it right, but it's obvious my life is not carrying the power that just the word talks about. How do I get to that power? Change anything. Lord, I'm giving myself to you. I'm not just giving myself to anybody, but I trust you. You are absolute love and just, Lord, change me. Whatever's got to change, I give myself. I lay my whole self on your altar in obedience to you and say, look, shine your light, do your surgery, show me what needs to be done and I will do it. This is crying out as a newborn baby cries out. And then we will start moving into that full experience. Cry out for this nourishment now that you've tasted of the Lord's kindness. See, the salvation experience, one of the things that it shows you is it shows you just how good God is. Anybody, Think back about this. This is very important for us to do. Think back about the first time that you experienced the love of God. Was it freeing? Did you change? When you felt that, well, how come we don't walk in that now? A lot of it has to do because we received that experience, but then we let the world teach us about God. But if we'll go back to that experience, that was God himself defining himself. And he says, once you've tasted of his goodness, of his absolute love is what it's saying. He says, cry out for this nourishment now that you've tasted of his kindness. So it's very good for us to back up to those moments and say, I remember when the Lord moved on me like that. Lord, you are still like that right now. You are still like that today. Father, you are still like this even though I might not feel it right at this moment, you are like this. You're like this. And so, Lord, I look back at that moment and even the feelings and the emotion that I had, and I trust that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I receive you as a child like this. I receive you as a child. I receive you. Turn to Matthew chapter 15. And I want to paint this picture to you today real quickly. It's really simple. But I want you to see this. Matthew chapter 15, verse 21 through 28. It says this. The Syrophoenician woman I don't know about you, but this story just does something to me. There's something very special about this story. Let me just read it to you. Jesus went away from there and withdrew into the district of Tyre and Sidon. And a Canaanite woman from that region came out and began to cry out. You see that? She's crying out. Try out saying, have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is cruelly demon possessed, but he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and implored him saying, send her away because she keeps shouting at us. But he answered and said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And she came and began to bow down before him saying, Lord, help me. And he answered and said, it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But she said, yes, Lord. But even the dogs feed on the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus said to her, "O woman, your faith is great. It shall be done for you as you wish and her daughter was healed at once man what a story what a beautiful beautiful story and and now i want you to see this though because what are we talking about we're talking about the absolute love of god the absolute love of god and crying out with the faith of a child This is what we're discussing. This is what we're talking about. The heart of humility and childlike faith. These are the things that reach out and touch God. This is the way that God's told us to do these things. But I want you to see this not just reading it. I want you to kind of put your eyes on it in a different way. And so I I just want, want to call up. Uh, A few guys, like let's have three guys and have Justin, David, Chris. So now, here we are. I'll play the part of Jesus. These guys are disciples. Peter, James, and John. Amen. All right, glory to God. Here you go. Have a seat. Have a seat, guys, fellas. So they're sitting there. And I imagine that there were more people there, but Jesus was sitting there teaching. He's sitting there discussing stuff. Have mercy on me, Lord, Son of David. My daughter is cruelly demon possessed. Now, right here it says, "Your help." Jesus went away. Help, I need he withdrew. Jesus. You don't understand. A Canaanite woman help! came from the region, began to cry out, "Son of David, that's what she said. Help." I need you. But he didn't answer a word. My daughter. Didn't answer a word. He just kept talking. Now, the father knew what she was going to do. He knew the choices that the lady was going to make. He knew that she was going to get healed. And I want you to see right here, is Jesus a healer or not? Yes, he is. What you see in the lady is not whether or not he was a healer. What you see is a childlike faith that's tasted of the goodness of God and believes it as a child. And because she's like a child, she just won't stop. Because she knows that when he releases it, it will be done. It is done already in his heart. Now it says right here... That his disciples came and implored him, saying, Send her away because she keeps shouting. <laughs> he whispered, Send her away. <laughs> but see, up till this point, Jesus hasn't even acknowledged her. Wow. But she keeps shouting. Now, this is like the verse that we talked about last week knock and keep on knocking, knock and keep on knocking. It's not that God's not going to open the door. Never in His Word is He saying, Look, I'm not going to do this, or I'm not this person. There may be things that we don't understand, but it doesn't. He is absolute love. And as a child, I know that He's absolute love, and I'm convinced that this lady knew about that. And she just said, nah, his love, look, his love demands that he heal my daughter. His love demands. So she just kept on shouting, help me, Jesus, I need you. My daughter is sick. Son of David, help. Guys, get him. I need Jesus. Jesus. I need the son of David. My daughter is demon-possessed. I need the son of David. God, get him. I need you to get him. So she keeps doing that until the disciples are so irritated that they're like, <laughs> Jesus, send her away. Send her away. And it's at that point that Jesus says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Lord, help me! And she began help. to bow down before him saying, Lord, help me. Now this is, this is what I want you to see on the lady. Childlike faith. Humility. Son of David was more than just a title. Son of David was, you're the Messiah. You are the Messiah. Now, you notice that it says she began to bow down. Now, he's Jesus, and he was worthy to be bowed down too. But this humility. Now, Lord, I might not know everything that's going on, but I know who is king. Mm -hmm. This is what she just said. I might not know all the details, but I know who is Lord of all. I know who the Messiah is. This is childlike faith. This is not Jesus being hard. This is him fulfilling what the Lord had told him. Now, imagine you remember he never did anything but what he saw the father do. And he never said anything but what he heard the father say. So right at this moment, he's, he's doing what the father's told him to do. But right here, the father obviously speaks to him, tells him, say this to her. I'm not sent to you. There was an order that, that needed to take place. But what does the lady see? Glory to God. What does the lady see? She sees, yes, there is an order, but you are God. There's an order, but you are healing. There's an order, but you can't do anything else but heal me because that's who you are. And all I might not have this all figured out, I will humble myself. You are king of kings. You are Lord of lords. You are the Messiah. But you got healing. And whatever it needs to be, this is the attitude that we miss in the church so much. And this is what sinks us. We keep thinking that we know it all. This lady is saying, I might not know the order, but I know you. And Jesus, I know you're a savior. You're a healer. I know, I know that you will heal me. I know that if I'll cry out, I will taste of the nourishment of healing. She began to bow down. You notice that she began to. It doesn't say that she did. She just began to. And at that moment, before him saying, Lord, help me, she began to bow down. This is humility. What's given to humility? Grace and greater grace. We need more humility. You know, when, when I first started praying for people and they didn't, they weren't healed, it wasn't that God wasn't a healer. It's that I had the order out of place. I had some stuff wrong. but when I, And I didn't really see results until I began to bow down in front of him saying, Lord, I lay myself on the table. Obviously, I've got something wrong. But see, I did not allow him and his name and his character to be marred by bad teaching. I allowed myself to be cleaned up by the one who's absolute. This is the key. This is what the lady's doing. And he answered her and said, Now, you would think as soon as she bows down, you would think that Jesus' answer changes. You would think that, oh, oh, now you're bowing down. Yes, you've recognized that I'm the king, you know. No, 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 no. That's the way the world thinks. He still hasn't heard from the father exactly what to do with the situation until he says it. And then he says, it's not good. In other words, you're asking for healing. It's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to dogs. He just called her a dog. Now, what would we do in this world if the preacher called you a dog? (laughs) (laughs) I said cut his tires." we definitely wouldn't hang around the church would we because we deserve better than that yeah but you know what we ain't been getting healed either there was a reality and then she says this Lord even the dog's are able to eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. That's childlikeness. That's humility. Not offended. Not offended by the truth. Not offended. But finding the way. Lord, I know who you are. I know who you are. You're the healer. She says, she says this basically. She says, look, what I'm asking you to do is such a little thing for you. <laughs> it's not even the meal. It's the crumb. It's not even the meal. It's the crumb. Just a touch of who you are will completely save my daughter. Just a touch of who you are. Just a whiff of who you are, Father, the healer, Jesus, the Savior, just a touch, she'll be made completely whole. Jesus says this, O woman, your faith is great. It shall be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed at once. Your daughter was healed at once. Immediately, she's healed. What was it that got this lady healed? It was her faith and persistence in knowing who God was. She never doubted that God was a healer. Thank you, guys. She never doubted that God was a healer. She never doubted that. She never doubted with childlike faith. She just believed in the absolute goodness of God. And because she had tasted of God and knew she trusted in the word, she trusted in the prophecies, she believed in God, she said, no, he can't be any other thing but a healer. I might be a dog. Lord, I'll I'll admit. She was willing to admit, I may be a dog. But you're the healer. I might not be in, in line and I might not be in order, but I'll submit myself to whatever it takes. See, this is childlike faith that points the finger at themselves. This is humility that opens up grace that says this. And this is what's missing a lot of times in people's lives is because they they see the promise in the word, but then they don't see it manifest and they want to blame it on everything but themselves. This lady was saying, blame it on me. I don't care. All I need is a touch of who you are because your character and your nature, it changes everything. But a lot of times, this is the biggest thing. Are you children of God? Are you children of God? Say, are you children of God? He says, healing by context. Is the children's bread. It's the children's bread. Healing is the children's bread. You know the scripture as well as I do. Give us this day our daily bread. If if healing is a part of our bread, then it's a daily item that should be ours every single day. And for me to say that healing is not mine is to deny the words of Jesus. In other words, who am I humbling myself to? The king of kings or bad teaching? Who am I humbling myself to? The Lord of lords or how my body feels? It's a matter of humility. I might have stuff out of line, but you're the healer. I might have stuff out of line, but all I need is a touch of your goodness. Father, that's who you are. That's what you are. Healing is the children's bread. Healing is the children's bread. When you see that, that simple truth right there, that simple truth right there, You know, in the Lord's Prayer, I'm promised bread. I'm promised bread. And He said, This is the children's bread. And you know that you've been made a child. Therefore, the only result of being made a child is to have the bread of healing. And it's for us every single day. That's simple. I remember the first time I heard it, I went, oh, oh. And you start to see, see, when you hear this word preached and faith starts to rise up in you, you start to understand and you start to realize there's no other option but for me to be healed. There's no other option. In other words, what the devil is trying to put on me is completely illegal. And the only way that it could be there is if I allowed it. If I allowed it. And all of a sudden, everything changes. When your mindset changes to that, and these absolutes of the goodness of God and absolutes of his healing changes, all of a sudden, your mindset changes, you start to look at things differently. And now you're getting to the place where you need to. Now you're starting to have this thing lined up. Now you're starting to get into the order of God. And when you get into the ways of God, his ways are holy, and they start to work. No, that's not right. That's a daughter of the king. No, that's not right. He's a son of God. No, that's not right. He's a child. He is entitled to children's bread. And that children's bread is healing, wholeness, deliverance. It's such a simple thing. And yet, it's been in the word the whole time. It's so simple. This is my bread. This is my daily bread. You remember where the word says, his mercies are new every morning, every morning. Even if I messed up yesterday, his mercy is new for me today. He's got new fresh bread and God don't believe in stale bread. Uh-uh. He don't believe in stale bread. He believes in fresh bread, fresh bread. In other words, you might have been healed five times about this. No, 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 no. but I'm going to give you a fresh piece of bread. And when you eat of this bread, you're going to be healed. When you eat of this bread, you're going to be healed. What's holding us back? The only thing that's holding us back is us as a child going, I'm a child. I take my bread. How do you take your bread? By faith you just receive that he is absolute love, that he's a healer, and he's already paid the price for it. You receive that daily bread by faith. By faith, you move into it. Lord, I trust you. Now look, the first time you hear this, you might not yet have it in your heart. And we know that faith works when you believe in your heart. So you might not have it in your heart yet, but you start to get it in your mind. But you keep putting it in your mind. You keep putting it in your mind. You make your confession. I'm the healed of the Lord. Let the, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed from the curse. I'm redeemed from sickness and disease. I'm redeemed. Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. I start to say, I'm the healed of the Lord. I'm not the sick trying to get well. I'm the healed and I'm partaking of my bread and I'm rejecting everything trying to present itself higher than the Word of God. And see, when that sickness comes and that, that disease comes and, and what it does is it, it tries to, to get in there and it tries to make you uh, believe that it's right. David, will you, will you come sit back on the stage? Let's say that David's a believer. Right? I mean, he is, let's not just say it, but amen, and, but let's say he's a believer, and I represent sickness. Now, let's say that he's of the world, and he doesn't know this. He doesn't know any better, and sickness and we've been taught in the world that sickness is normal, right? I remember one time Jerry Savelle, uh, he was sitting on an airplane, he was talking about a recession. And on the front the front page, he said he was sitting in first class and there was a business guy over there. And on the front page, it talks about the recession. He says, I have no part with this. He said, I didn't realize I was saying it out loud on the plane. And the guy looked over and saw what I was reading. And it said, he was saying, I have no part with recession. This will not affect me. And the guy said, well, who do you think you are? Right? And started cussing them, right? And everything like that. And, and so, but here's the thing. It rose up inside of him because he hadn't bought into or he had renewed his mind from the thinking of the world that as it goes with the world, it goes with me. No, as it goes with God, it goes with you. Right. Yep. But the world has taught us even that sickness, well, sometimes you just get sick. Nope. No, you don't. That's right. No, you don't. And if it tries to come on you, you do something about it. Now, let's let's say that he's even a Christian. He's a child of God, but he's been taught that sickness is normal. So, what does the devil do? He just, you know, throws some sickness up by him. He's like, hey man, what's up? What's up? And we're like, oh, I just got, I'm feeling the flu symptoms. I guess I'll be down for a week. Hey man. Yeah. And we just embrace it. Let's give him a few more punches in the gut. Oh. This is my favorite part of the message right here. <laughs> and then it's like, all right. Now I'll, I'll let him go for a little bit. And he just accepts it. I'll let him go for a little bit. Okay. <laughs> Spirit of infirmity, you know, and it's like, oh, I'm starting to feel better. Yeah, I was down for about a week, uh, but now I'm starting to feel better. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that's over. Two days later. (laughs) What's up? What's up? Headache. Uh, Migraine. Pressure. Pressure. And we just think it's normal. I don't know if I can take it. It's so heavy. We just think it's normal. What kind of pressure? Oh, tweetable moments right here, please. We just think it's normal. And we just take it and accept the abuse. (laughs) But when you know you're a child of God. (laughs) And God is a loving God. And there's children's bread. And sickness comes up. And so yeah, as soon as sickness comes up. Uh, we're resisting that. Oh, yep. We're resisting it before it even gets there. I mean, we might he might come. Well, then, you know, sickness doesn't try it, he tries different stuff. So then he tries a sneak of it. No, no, no. You didn't see me coming. Okay. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> He tries to sneak. Well, then you're a child of God. You recognize, oh, wait, this is not supposed to be here. Oh, 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 nah. Uh-uh. Now nah, get forceful. Yeah, there. All right. Oh, okay, okay. So then what does the devil do after that? All right. You're, you're, you're resisting the direct attack. You're resisting the one that sneaks up, the small thing that gets in there. So then he'll do stuff like this. Uh, you don't know what I'm doing yet. I'm, I'm, so now all of a sudden, he's like, here, you know what? You feel like eating a bunch of junk food. Uh-oh. And so you don't recognize, and you say, because we haven't put our body down, our flesh fully down, we're like, oh, yeah, I do feel like some junk food. I feel like some Mountain Dew. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a couple of Twinkies. A couple of Twinkies. Yeah. So you put all that sugar in your yeah. body. Well, that sugar weakens your body, right? Or even just the junk food. I'm not eating healthy stuff I'm like that. Yeah, I'm getting in, into business. So, and then what does he do? Hey, you've got a whole bunch of work to do. You've got all this stuff to do, and uh, now you got to stay up late. Yeah. You got to stay up till you know two o'clock in the morning to finish all those reports. One more Mountain due tomorrow. Right? Now he says, I got and because you're tired, you're going to drink more junk food, or eat more junk food and drink more stuff. And then, so he gets you worn down. Now, here's two things that happen. Your body's not ready for it. The second thing that happens is this. Your mind's not ready for it because you're tired. And then all of a sudden, here comes the sickness. And this is a believer who knows who he is. Here comes the sickness sneaking up behind him. And before he realizes it, he's got him... In the chokehold, and he's like, Oh my goodness, how did I get sick? I'm a child of God. <clears throat> so that's, that's the tactics of the enemy. The word says to be wise about that. But see, it, it, you don't have a chance if you don't know who God is and know who you are in God. Yeah. You don't have a chance with that stuff. And then you just wonder why I'm always beat up and why I'm always feeling it. It works that way with a bunch of other stuff, it works that way with those you know, umpteen million payments you're gonna make on that car, too. It works the same kind of way. It's the same stuff. It's just different, different things. And that's what he does. He just tries, if he can't come in a direct attack, he'll continue trying different things. But all he's trying to do is get you to accept what the world calls normal instead of what God calls normal. But healing is the children's bread. Who's the bread? He said, I'm the bread of life. When we partake and abide in Jesus, and he abides in us, sickness has no other thing but to leave. Go ahead. He says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 11. Where's my Bible? Romans chapter 8, verse 11 I may owe you an apology later. It'll be good. <laughs> Romans chapter 8 and verse 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, when you're born again, does the spirit of God dwell in you? He who raised Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Now see what happens right here. What happens right here? as Soon as I recognize this, I start to realize I'm a child of God. Healing is the children's bread. I've got the spirit of life that lives on the inside of me. I'm, I start putting faith towards the spirit of life producing health, even in my mortal body. All of a sudden, sudden, I become harder for sickness to get on because by faith, I'm allowing the spirit of life on the inside of me to push that stuff out, to keep it away. I noticed when we really took hold of this, uh, we still had points where we got sick, but that sickness didn't last as long. That recovery time was quicker. All of a sudden, these points, they started working where it's like, and then uh, everybody around us would be getting sick, but we didn't get sick. Now, we're still working on it. We're still renewing our own mind and our own heart. We're not perfect in this by any stretch. We're growing just like I'm talking about. But we're humbling ourselves like this lady and saying, I might not know the order, but I know the order's not wrong with you. You're a healer. You're the life. You are my life. And I eat that bread. I partake of Jesus and I walk in the healing of God. And sickness does not have a right It's trying to do something illegal. I recognize it. I reject it. I rebuke it. I put it in the order of God. You don't have a place here anymore. When you start thinking like that, you become very hard for sickness to attach to you. John G. Lake, he understood the law of the spirit of life. And all of a sudden, he said, no. He said, that sickness, that cholera, I believe it was. Was it cholera? Anybody know for sure? I believe it was cholera. It was killing people all over. They were foaming at the mouth. He said, you get that foam on you, you're going to get it and you're going to die. He said, no, that cholera does not abide by this worldly law in my life. The spirit of life, the law of the spirit of life that lives in me, the Holy Spirit's life that raised up Jesus from the dead, it abides in me. Put it in my hand. But before you do, put it under a microscope. You see all the organisms that were alive, all those diseases and the bacteria and everything that was there. He said, put it in my hand. He put it in his hand. He gave it back to him. Every part of that disease was dead. Now, I don't recommend you do that until you know who you are but he knew who he was. And if he knew God is not a respecter of persons, it's you starting to learn who you are and what lives inside of you. And it is not some small Holy ghost. And it is not some Holy ghost that wants you sick. It is uh, the power of Jesus that took stripes for your healing. Jesus said, I love them so much by my stripes, they will be healed. And if he didn't love us and he didn't want us well, then he wouldn't have Taking the stripes, but because he took the stripes, you are healed. And all of a sudden you start to realize I don't have something small living on the inside of me. I've got the spirit of life and I'm a child and I have the rights to the children's bread. First Corinthians 11. Verse 23. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. He took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Listen. Listen. This is important. This is my body, which is for you. It's not against you. It's for you. It's not against you. It's for you. This is his body, which is for you. It's for you. Don't be like an adult trying to figure that out. Be like a child that says, oh, he's for me. That means he's for me in everything. That's what a child would do. That's how a child would think. Stop letting the logic of a corrupted world be your mindset. This is my body, which is for you. I'm telling you right now as we take communion today and you receive the children's bread, you can be healed right at this moment. This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. In other words, what you proclaim is that Jesus died for me. There's not a sacrifice that's left undone. I'm not waiting for him to die. This thing is finished. It is the way Jesus said it on the cross. It's finished. It's finished. It's finished. It's finished. It's finished. It's finished. And it's for me. It's finished. And he's for me. It's finished. And his body is for me. It's finished. And I have the children's bread. It's finished. And I'm a child of God. It's finished. And it can be no other way else. It's finished. Verse 27. So I proclaim uh, in verse 26, I'm proclaiming when I take this and I remember it correctly. I'm proclaiming that there was a sacrifice for me. Yeah. And Lord, I'm proclaiming that I receive it. Well, you're not just receiving a ticket to heaven. You're receiving the full experience of salvation. Deliverance, restoration, protection, healing, and provision. Right now, even as you take this today, you can receive right as you take this. You can receive. There's nothing special about the crackers. There's nothing special about the juice. It's what it represents. And it's an action of your faith. It's an action of your faith that says, I remember what you paid. And by faith, I receive the bread. And the body that's for me. By faith I proclaim that the sacrifice has been made. And I no longer have to pay sickness in my body. Because there's already been sickness paid. Why would you pay twice at a grocery store for the same thing? That's what the devil has tricked people into believing and accepting. Now look in verse 27. Therefore whoever eats... The bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. We don't want to do this. We want to esteem it properly. But a man must examine himself, and in so doing he is to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself if he does not judge the body rightly. For this reason, many among you are weak and sick, and a number sleep. sleep. But if we judged ourselves rightly, we would not be judged. So what was the judgment that came on? They were sick and had even died early. They were sick and had even died early. So what's the reverse of that? If we judge ourselves properly and we esteem the body and the blood properly... We will not be sick and we will not die early. Amen. Because you are partaking by faith in your heart of the children's bread. Of the children's bread. So, Father, right now, we judge ourselves. Bow your heads. We judge ourselves. We judge ourselves rightly. Lord, we're remembering the price that Jesus paid. The body and the blood. This was a very, very costly price. Costly. And we esteem it as the value that it was. We don't play games with it. But Lord, we make you the Lord. And we accept our commission to give everything to you, to do all things as unto the Lord, to go into the world and make disciples and to believe on you with the faith as a child. Father, you are absolute good. You sowed the seed. Please please keep your head bowed right at this moment, but I really want you to hear what I'm about to say. And I want you to make this thought yours. Jesus... You sowed the seed of your life so that you may reap a harvest of my life. A life totally given to the kingdom of God and your righteousness first. No excuse should come in front of you receiving the fruit Of the seed that you planted. In other words, I can stand in the way and not give myself wholly and I would then be not esteeming the price of the body and the blood like I should. I can stand in the way by not humbling myself to your absolute goodness and then you wouldn't receive the fruit. I can let the cares of the world choke the fruit that you should receive. I can let the deceitfulness of riches choke the fruit. I can amen all day long but not give myself to allow the root of God to go down and not humble myself to the soil that you planted me in and it will choke the fruit. I can hear the word and I cannot be an expectation. And the seed gets gobbled up before I get out the doors of the church. All of these things are ways that I cannot esteem. But we will not be those people. We will be the people that put your kingdom and your righteousness first. Nothing will get in the way of that. Nothing will distract us from that. And Father, when we partake and abide with the body and the body abides in us and with the blood and the blood abides in us, we will partake of the children's bread and we will be healed. We will be delivered. We will be provided for. You will give us wisdom. You will show us the way out. You will show us the way to victory. And by faith, we have all of those things. And the devil can't t- tell us otherwise because we humble ourselves to the word now let that sit for a second in your heart and make it your heart thank you Father and now I ask you to pray this with me just say Father right right now I make Jesus the Lord of my life and it's not just lip service. I'm connecting it with my heart. Jesus, you are Lord. Even though the lady yelled out Lord, that didn't move Jesus. Humility and faith. I, I put humility and faith with my prayer. You are the Lord of my life. I will do what you say. I will put you first. I believe that you died for me. And that God brought you back to life. And when he raised you up, he raised me up. And now I am a child of God. A child of absolute love and absolute goodness. And as a child, I receive that with childlike faith. Jesus, I esteem the price you paid, the body and the blood, and I receive the children's bread. I receive salvation, healing, provision, deliverance, restoration, and protection, every piece of salvation, right now, in Jesus' name. Amen. You don't have to rush it, but when you feel right, you may take the body and the blood. Father, we receive healing right now in our bodies. We receive healing. Let restoration work right now. Thank you, Lord. Father, we receive provision right now in our lives. We receive finances in to do every good work for the kingdom. Lord, we receive right now supernatural strength, grace and peace. We reject everything that the devil would throw at us, anything that's not a part of a child's inheritance, Lord, of a good father's inheritance. We reject every piece of it. Father, you are for us. You have good plans for us, and we receive it all right now in the name of Jesus. We praise you, and we love you, and we thank you in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God.